And then, right between them is Psalm 119. It's the longest poem in the book. It's an alphabet poem. Each line begins with a new letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and it explores the wonder and the gift of the Torah as God's word to his people. So here we go. The themes from Psalm 1 and 2, Torah and Messiah, combined all together here in book 5. Shall we pray? Our gracious God, as your scriptures read, your word proclaimed, may it touch our lives that we may be the person you created us to be and go forth in confidence to share with others. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Before I read the scripture this morning, I would like to tell you a little bit about the Psalms. We're going to be going into the Psalms for the next few weeks. Uh, I'd like to tell you a little something about David before I read this beautiful, beautiful psalm of repentance. And sounds like he's got it all together. And just tell you a little bit of history about him. Now, David was an ordinary guy, the youngest in the family, and he herded the sheep. And he loved to sit on the, uh, on the hillside and play his instrument. And he liked to write poetry and sing songs. This was a simple man who learned to express his love for God through his music and writings. This was a courageous man who led and commanded those going into battle for the world and for the Christian people and the world of that time. There's also many victories for David. Things look good for King David. But David had lust in his heart. He committed adultery. And he personally led to the demise of one of his men, Bathsheba's husband. They bore a son and he died. Later, separation from his son Absalom, who rebelled against his father, David, and was killed in battle. You see, David grieved beyond belief. But yet still, David was a man after God's own heart. He poured out his whole soul to God in the Psalms as we were here. Now the songs in the poetry in the Psalms are written by several biblical people, but mainly with David and uh, Solomon. Why are they important to us? Well, they help contribute to the biblical keys, just like in 2 Samuel for the stories of David and his life, particularly with Absalom. Uh, why are they important again? The psalm is unique because the whole book is humankind communicating with God and honesty with God, which up to a time people were fearful of doing that, and sometimes we are now. Psalmists were also praising God and lamenting and complaining to God, kind of like we are 3,000 years later. But the psalmist reminds us that God is the beginning of all things, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, to rest in his sovereignty and to have joy in all circumstances. I will read you the scripture now from 
Psalm 119, verses 97 through 112. By the way, this is the longest chapter that there is. And how, oh, how I love your law. I meditated on all day long. Your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I mediate on your statutes, for I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. I have kept my feet from an evil path so that I might obey your word. I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts. Therefore, I hate every wrong path. Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light unto my path. I have taken an oath and confirmed it, that I will follow your righteous laws. I have suffered much. Preserve my life, Lord, according to your word. Accept, Lord, the willing praise of my mouth, and teach me your laws. Though I constantly take my life in my hands, I will not forget your law. The wicked have set a snare for me, but have not strayed from your precepts. Your statutes are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. My heart is set on keeping your decrees to the end. This is the word of the Lord. If you notice, the book that I'm using in the Bible this morning is one that, when, uh, that Forrest started us on studying in January. The Bible in one year, this is the copy that we had. So if you don't have one, we can get you one if you like it. Verse 97 tells us, Oh, how I love your law. Mediate on it and meditate all day long. Now, it would be a good idea to tell you this was probably written about 100 years after the time of Moses. Uh, in fact, David only had the Torah, which was Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. I have to go like this, all five books of the Torah that our, our Jewish counterparts still use today. But along with that, he had Joshua, Judges, and Job. And yet in that, he said, and knew how much is separated by distance of the sin. But yet it is still relevant today. God not only loves law, it is what he thinks all day long about. He meditates on the law. What do you meditate on all day long? When I read the scripture, I think about what goes through my mind all day long that I'm thinking about. Usually getting out of bed and I start my day to see what's going to happen as if I really know what's going to happen. I say, oops, I haven't prayed yet. Take time for a prayer. Perhaps not meditation. Usually it's cluttered by the news in the morning, the price of gasoline, uh, how parents are going to feed their babies today, what is happening in the war in the Ukraine and all the trouble that we're hearing, and the sadness in the schools today, work and family, how people are balancing work and family, how they are meeting the demands of their children, and tragic news, like I said, 
daily on the TV. What fills your mind? What do you meditate on or think about all day long? Verse 98 tells us, You commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. And God says, David, I make you wiser than your enemies. For God's law fills my mind not only with knowledge, but fills it with wisdom. I have known people that known this book backward and forward, but yet had knowledge, but very little spiritual wisdom. Wisdom is much more than information. It never leaves you once you have it. Wisdom is something that we all need. And wisdom is something that's with you all the time. Verse 99 says, I have more insight than all my teachers because I meditate on your statutes. Insight. Ability to relate things in such a way that you see that other people can't see. Have you known people like that? Sometimes they see the dots and you see the whole picture. But that is what happens when we can relate to that. It's able to use knowledge and insight, the ability to connect things to make more important things happen. The more familiar you are with God's statutes or God's rules or discipline, God's word and God's law, the smarter you are and the more common sense you have. Hear that, young people? Hear that, old people? Hear that, middle-aged people? Verse 100 says, I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. As you talk with the elders, they're amazed sometimes. I have to, well, he won't, he won't get me for this. It's too late now with Connor. Connor's one of our young men in our congregation that has just turned 20 not long ago, correct? It has so much wisdom and does so much service in the church. He serves on committees that have a, a great, takes a great deal of thought and wisdom. And you wonder, how did you learn so much so quickly? A lot of from Grandma, I think. But learning and listening to what God has to say. Uh, it is the, uh, and when, when you think about that, you think about Jesus standing in the temple at 12 years old and taking the scrolls and reading them with such authority. Of course, we know that he was God as well as the Son. But he understood the scriptures because God related those to him for him to learn. Verse 101 says, I have kept my feet from every evil path so that I might obey your word. One of the most important things we need to learn when it comes to the word of God is submission. And submission is to, really to put it bluntly, it's just to learn discipline and obedience, which is mostly acquired for most of us. We all want to know why things happen to us, but sometimes we learn only after the why the things have happened, looking back that we can figure out why they happen, whether it's our doing or someone else's. But I have heard it put this way, submit and apply. 
How many of you heard this or how many of you said it? And I've done both. Child comes up. I said do it because. Yeah. I've been guilty of that. But it was passed on to me and it worked for me. Why wouldn't it work for my kids? And then you hear, I'm saying this for your own good. Don't you just hate that one when you were little? But your parents or someone that had authority over you would tell you this. That's what God is saying here. Sometimes we don't know why things happen to us, but God does. 102. I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me. David goes on to say, when I open your word, God teaches me himself. I don't know how long it took you or if it has occurred to you, but for many years, particularly when I was younger, I would read God's word. But I didn't, it didn't dawn on me that I had the greatest teacher in the universe right there, was teaching me everything that I need to know. It would be like an engineer having the greatest builder in the world teaching them how to build. It would be the same as a great physicist, a student, having Einstein as their professor. Or an art student just beginning having Van Gogh. When we think about that, it makes us wonder. The teaching is here right here to teach us many, many things about God, about us, about how to make this application to our lives. David is in awe, simply awe of the Creator in teaching him his ways. He understood it because he meditated on it. How many times have you looked and read in your Bible, what does this mean? You can look it up. You can pass over it, but more importantly, you can say, God, what does this mean for me and my life? That's why it's so important to listen to God and his word. And verse 103, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. There wasn't anything sweeter or used any more than the word honey in the Old Testament. Remember when God told us, I will lead you to the land of milk and honey. Sweeter mouth. And number 104, I gain understanding from your precepts. Therefore, I hate every wrong path. The law, when David was talking about this, and for us today, it shapes our values. As we look around with people we know and around the world, values vary very, very much. It shapes my world of view, how I see the world, and certainly shapes my priorities. The law shapes those for us. And 105, a familiar verse to many of us, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. This is intensely personal for David, saying that, intensely personal. This is real, and it's about as authentic as it can get. Now, 
we're used to lights. Now, when a power failure hits or a hurricane hits, the first thing we start thinking, it's so dark and dismal. Well, you think about in David's time, they had to keep lanterns lit. Oil was the first thing they would think about right after food to keep a supply because that's the only light they had. They would hold it up in a lantern to light the path to where they could see ahead of themselves. And I had read something. Now, I'm not sure whether this was true, but it was in print, but you know how that goes, that they would try to put lights on their the hip or on their sandals to light the path where they were going because it was total darkness. If we could only think about total darkness, I, I can't imagine that, but trying to walk in. I, I wouldn't want to walk around some areas in South Texas with no light at all. So I could see why they would be trying to put lights on their sandals for them. So that gives us a better idea to think about the light into my path. In total darkness, to see where we're going. Now, we can't really live without the sun. Oh, maybe it will be a few days, a few weeks, but not very long. The earth would freeze very quickly. But yet, there are people that live in the Scandinavian countries northern Canada, uh, in many places that we have, Alaska, for at least half the year without sun. And they seem to suffer, from what I have heard, of a time that they get very depressed during these periods of darkness. So you see, the world is a dark alley. And if we don't have the sun, the Son of God, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, then it is a dark alley. And God's word needs to be the light of our paths. It provides for us comfort, protection, and a way for us to live. We need the sun to shine bright upon our lives, not for the physical, but the Son of God for the spiritual he gave his son to light the world. God gave us his son to share his light in the darkest times of our lives and in the world and to be the light that illuminates our feet. In, in the verse is 106 through 108, we have something to think about. I don't know how many... People here use night lights. If you have small children, you have night lights. If you're older, you're told to use a night light. Uh, most of them have our homes even lit to where if we decide to get up in the middle of the night, for whatever reason, it's lit. But you have to have batteries. You have to have to be able to turn that flashlight or that night light on in order for them to work. It's the same way... We have to plug into the Bible and listen to what God said to get that light and that spiritual light to illuminate our lives and guide us through the darkest times of life. And if you've not had darkest times of life, you will. Some will be worse for some, not for others. But we cannot escape this life without having darkness that comes through it. 
uh, paraphrasing the psalmist, I would like to say, he says to us, turn on God's light and ride down the path of God has made and given for us, in whichever that was. Notice how verse 6 says, I have taken an oath and confirmed it, and I will follow your righteous laws. Many denominations, along with United Methodists, take this oath on Confirmation Day. We just had Confirmation at, on Easter. And the Confirmations say to the God, we are going to live according to your ways. And we will be true to his word and serve him. Do accordingly to his word and live not as the world says we need to live. Back to David. David fell and got off godly paths many times. We all do the same from time to time. I can't speak for you, but I can certainly speak for Trudy Paul. That's fallen off that path many times. Maybe just slipped to the side to see just a little bit of light. And sometimes into total darkness. With our Lord's help and guidance, we can get back on that lighted path. The darkness of this world loves to entice us, to swerve, to get off that path. It all looks so enticing to us. The second line of verse 107 sums, I think, this up nicely. God is saying to us that our lives are preserved when we follow the lighted path. He wants what is good for us. He wants us to stay on the lighted path. And the answer to the question is, are you on the lighted path? Do we go where the lighted path is, where the light shines? If we do, there's ways we do this. We do this through worship. We do it through praise, especially by devoting ourselves to reading the Bible daily, studying and meditating upon God's word. Worship together on Sunday is together. It's wonderful to come together like this. It makes my week to come together. But yet that's not enough for just to come together for corporate worship. We've got to do these other things to meditate on. Danger lurks off the lighted path. Verses 109 and 110 say, you know it it's easy to take our lives in our own hands, especially us as Americans. We have it pretty good. Sometimes we can have it too good. We try to handle things by ourselves. Oh, we think our bank account looks good, our car's running great, kids are doing fine, family's doing great. We can run our own lives really well until something happens that we cannot control. Something that we cannot control. It is easy to wander from that lighted path, from the safe of well-being that God puts beneath our feet. It's easy for us to relax our brain and not think what is right and what is wrong. Sometimes we swerve and fall off that path where danger is waiting to grab us into its trap. 
I must have been nine or ten years old. I can't remember. I was, I was old enough to know better. And my mother had purchased some lots on Observatory Drive, not too far from where we lived, but it was a dirt road that had to go up to these unfinished lots. Uh, there were some houses on one side, but on these lots there was nothing. Now, I don't know if any of you know what milkweed is, but it's, you've got some people shaking. You can break it and you look really strong. <laughs> and and I, it would fix me a little milkweed uh, lean-to, so to speak. And I'd take my book or something and or go gather flowers and sit up there and just look out over the hill and just have a good old time. Well, this Saturday... I must have fallen asleep some in the afternoon and then probably not paying attention. It got dark very quickly. Well, I got frightened for two reasons. I knew I wasn't supposed to be there in the darkness and I didn't know how to get home. I mean, get out to the main road because of the brush and everything around. And all of a sudden I saw this flashlight and I heard my sister, who I called Sissy, I saw Sissy out there with the flashlight. I just saw the flashlight. I couldn't see it, and I heard her voice. And I was so happy. I wasn't too much thinking what kind of trouble I was going in right then. But I followed that light. It was pitch dark around me. Lots of stuff on that ground. Where I grew up, there were a lot of pine cones and probably snakes in there now that I think of it. Uh, but... I followed that light to her to safety. I'm sure she reprimanded me some, but I think she thought my getting uh, a little frightened was the biggest deal. But the fact was, till I saw that flashlight, I could have wandered and really gotten hurt. But when I saw that, that is the way God's light is for us. And he says, come back to the path. I'll always show you the light. Verse 111 and 112 says, encouraging words. The psalmist said, God's word is the joy of my heart. You know it's absolutely right. If I'm in a funky mood, I can always turn to particularly the psalms and I can find comfort. If I'm confused or I'm afraid, I find strength in them. And I find that path Coming back toward me, something that I need in the lighted path that I am to be on. And I feel the welcoming and the comfort, the safety. I don't know how many of you remember the commercial Motel 6. It says, we'll leave the light on for you. That was a very famous quote at one time. And we thought about that, the comfort. We'll leave the light on for you. That's what God does. God leaves the light on for us. Repentance is the way for us. Repentance is the way for us to stay on even ground. God shines a light to keep us on even ground. We're not so good about doing it ourselves. At least I'm not. I could stray off that path very much. Thy word is a light unto my path. Sometimes I get too busy for this or think I'm too busy. How many times do you read the scriptures, particularly the Psalms, and meditate 
and think about what they mean to you. It's what David did. After all the things he had done wrong, he never lost his love and trust in God. No matter how sinful he was, he came back. And God says, I left the light on for you. He became, many things happened with him, but he never lost the love and the direction of God because of the God's words. Not because someone said it to him. Not because he just figured it out on his own, but he read it in the Torah. He read it in the Bible that we have today. Repentance is the way to become free of sin and receive forgiveness. Sin, sin really slows our progression and sometimes stops our progression of spiritual growth. But repentance helps us to make it possible for us to grow and develop spiritually again. The privilege of repenting is made possible in the atonement of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, the God that David believed, that he believed his word, and he lived by his word. And his sandals got slippery, and his light went out, but he would struggle to find it again because God said, I'm leaving the light on for you. And today he tells each of us, no matter how much we've fallen off the path, no matter how much we've gotten too busy for God to be in our life, how much we do not even think about reading his word, he still says, come back to me. Thy word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. And I'm leaving the light on for you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.